welcome in everybody want to ask you a few questions before we get started number one how will the 12 drafters handle tonight's broncos receivers situation will we see a tight ends arm race once again and can anyone impress turp more than the goat districts dan williamson did last night follow along with the live draft board tonight as you watch our pick by pick analysis while we call the action from the 2022 ffpc pros versus joe's no mercy league number six to see who's going to win a 2023 FFPC main event squad. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott and Dave Terpoli are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. The pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-hosts, who I'll welcome in in just a minute, are the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, and our live FFPC best ball analyst expert, Dave Terpoli. Tonight, we have the final of six special episodes for you. It's the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joe's No Mercy League number six draft tonight, and we will be covering it for the next uh, roughly two hours or so, basically until its completion. Shout out to the chat room right now, both on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. Uh, if you uh, want to have any questions answered by myself, Farrell, uh, Terp, or any of the guests tonight, uh, feel free to do so. Connect with us on Twitter at, a at HSFFPower, at Eric Balkman, at J. Farrell Elliott, at Dave Turp. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hsffpower. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now's the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails throughout the program tonight. Thanks to the hard work of our producer and mutual friend, Robin, of course, our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. Uh, main event, slow drafts, off and running. If you want to take your shot at a million-dollar grand prize, you don't have to wait till August 12th when the live drafts start. You can draft in a slow draft right now. Multiple football guys drafts filling up each and every day right now for a half million dollar grand prize just 350 bucks to get in that contest speaking of 350 bucks you want to take your shot at the terminator twenty five thousand dollar grand prize those are popping off in just uh, about three weeks two and a half weeks away uh, from those, so make sure you're registering for that. Slow draft's already off and running for the Terminator. Uh, the FFPC Best Ball Tournament Grand Prize and Prize Pool doubled to $200,000 and $1 million, respectively, just $125 to get into that. And, of course, our Super Flex Best Ball Tournament, $35 could turn into ten dollars for you this year. Um, the Dynasty Startups are going to be available for about the next month, month and a half or so. Plenty of slow, live best ball options all at myffpc.com. And don't forget to join the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Bringing in one of our co-hosts this evening, it is Dave Terpoli. Dave, welcome in. We follow you on Twitter at Dave Terp. Thank you so much for hanging out with us once again tonight. You were really impressed with Goat District's uh, draft last night, Dan Williamson. I, I don't think you're going to uh, – I feel like it's going to take a lot for one of these drafters to live up to what you saw last night. 100%. I was very impressed. I gave him an A. The highest grade I've given so far it was very, very good from top to bottom. 
and uh, and let's uh, get to the uh, first round of tonight's draft, top to bottom. And uh, we'll tell you right now, and, and we'll introduce who's drafting tonight. It's a loaded draft, both with the pros and Joes. John Daigle from 4 for 4 takes Christian McCaffrey to lead things off. Jay Scafariello and Dan Steigers go with John Jonathan Taylor at the 102. There are a couple of FFPC Joes. Sharp Football Analysis' uh, Rich Rebar then goes with Cooper Cup at the 103. Justin Jefferson off the board to the FFPC Joe tandem of Peter Kulaveras and Brian Gerber. Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst from the Draft Sharks Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast are picking fifth tonight. Austin Eckler is their choice there. Travis Kelsey to Chad Schroeder, the inaugural FFPC main event overall winner he grabs kelsey at 106 michael nazarick the fantasy football mastermind drafting in the seventh spot he gets jamar chase there dalvin cook goes to tim deno and timbo lou another pair of former ffpc main event champions they grab dalvin cook at the 108 Najee harris to fantasy alarms howard bender at the 109 tonight and then you're having saquon barkley Go off the board to Kevin and Jamison Proctor at the 110. Stefan Diggs makes a first-round appearance tonight. He at the 111 to Darren Armani from Fantasy Mojo. And, of course, Derek Henry off the board to the final entrant tonight. That's Grant Dempsey, the FFPC Joe. Uh, we've seen Christian McCaffrey go at the 101 in a few drafts now, Turp. What do you make of McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor this year from some of these um, pros and Joes? He should be there. I, I, I would take him 100 times out of 100, number one. Um, I don't see any reason not to Baker very likely to be the quarterback very, very high on McCaffrey this year. He, he's to me, the slam dunk number one overall pick. And I don't think a whole lot of other surprises in there. We see Saquon Barkley. I know Kevin Proctor is a giants fan. So he grabs Barkley at the one ten. there. That's we'll where he to... should go now. So, okay. So you think the, is Barkley going to creep up? Do you think as we get closer to main events at planet Hollywood this year, does he creep up into the first half of the first round, given how he's ascending right now? He's definitely the, the number one guy when it comes to just ascending up draft boards, in my opinion, when it comes to, by the time we drafted in late September, early September, late August, Barkley's going to be in the, and then the first round. If not, he'll be very, very at the beginning of the second round. He's not slipping into the middle of the second round anymore, at least in my opinion. Um, let's welcome in our first guest tonight. We'll get to him right now. You follow his work not only uh, at the New York Post, but he is the head of content at Fantasy Alarm. He's an FSGA and FSW award-winning host for Sirius XM and, of course, the Annie Up podcast, uh, bringing in baseball to it. He's the 2018 NL Labor Champ. Of course, he is the host of the Fantasy Alarm show. Follow him on Twitter, at RotoBuzzGuy. We're bringing him in right now. It is Howard Bender. Howard, welcome into the broadcast tonight, man. What's up, boys? What's up, I, I, you know, like Dave. Hi, how are you? It's great to great to meet you. Actually, we've never met. I, I had a I had to see Balky's beard. It's we a great beard. About it. We were talking about it on Sirius XM. I saw him, and I was like, oh my god! It's a you know, it's it's Nick Nolte from Down and Out in Beverly Hills, and now he's doing <laughs> fantasy. I was so pumped about it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's right up there. It's it's legendary. I I could uh, easily pass for a homeless man pretty pretty uh, quickly right now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> with a uh, with a passing glance. Howard, you uh you were at the nine spot tonight. Um, no real surprise here. I mean, you had to know there was a, probably a handful of players that would be available to you there. You get Najee Harris. You got to be pretty happy with the volume that you're going to see with Harris this year. Super happy to get Najee Harris falling to nine. I mean, I think that you know, I mean, you know, the first round we know who the who the who the probable players are so it's just a matter of what the what the draft room gives you so Najee Harris with like full-blown volume there just to me it made 
you know, it made perfect sense. He's the number three running back on my board. Number one is Taylor. Number two is Eckler. And so I was like, all right, I'll grab me some Najee here. I feel pretty darn good about it. Um, Joe Mixon, another high volume guy in round two. Do you think people are letting Mixon slip a little too far given the low, the workload that he should get this year on an elite offense that just came off a Super Bowl appearance? I actually almost took Mixon over Harris. I love Joe Mixon here. And listen, the Bengals, they use the pass to set up the run, right? So Burrow's going to have uh, his field day with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and, you know, do their thing that they usually do. And then, you know, and then just Mixon gets massive volume. What I love even more so was that Zach Taylor made it a very specific point this year to say, you know, I know we didn't get Joe the the, the snaps and on third down like he should have gotten. And we used a lot of Samaj P. Ryan. We were kind of keeping him, you know, protected in that sense. We don't need to do that this year. We don't want to do that this year. So, you know, get him in on some more pass catching work on third down. You know, Mixon to me, he's, he's a first round back. Knowing that you have a couple of FFPC Joes on either side of you, obviously the former main event champions and Dano and Bo Lou drafting in the eighth slot. And then 10 spot, you have accomplished uh, high stakes drafters and Kevin and Jameson Proctor there. They both went running back, running back to start as well. Do you feel like you're going to be fighting over receivers here, or is there a way that you can alleviate that going forward now? Um, I mean, yeah, we'll probably be fighting over receivers, you know, soon enough. I mean, it depends on who falls to, you know, our spots. But, you know, yeah, I think that when you, when you are drafting around other people who are using, obviously, a similar strategy, it does tend to, to make things a, a, a little bit more difficult. So maybe I maybe I throw like a little pivot in there. Maybe I hit tight end a little earlier beforehand. Maybe I maybe I throw down a quarterback. Not here in the third round. That would be silly. Um, <laughs> but, but you know I'm gonna have to. I might have to shake things up a little bit when I uh, you know work around these two guys picking around me. How does how does the fact that Chad Schroeder, um, the the inaugural FFPC main event overall champion, how does it how does it does it change your draft strategy at all? Seeing that he starts off his draft tonight. Tight end, tight end, Kelsey and Andrews. Are you pushing the tight ends up on your board a little bit as a result? I mean, no, not really. I mean, I get that it's tight end premium and, you know, you kind of have to watch that. But, I mean, it's really you're focusing, you know, in a tight end premium, you're focusing on on guys who get the, uh, the you know, tight ends who get the targets. And, you know, Kelsey, Pitts, those are the two highly, most highly targeted. Um, I'm not sure how Kittle – uh, you know, works with Justin Fields there under center. So I don't know if I want to push him up. He's also got the injury history. I don't even know if I want to push up Mark Andrews. So, you know, even though it's tight end premium, I might be looking uh, a little later for some guys who, you know, I feel like they have good, strong upside, but they're not going to cost me a fortune. Howard, you've been in this contest for several years now, more than several, probably the better part of a, of a decade has there been um, something that's worked out for you? Is it, have you achieved success in this format by doing a certain um, you know, type of draft strategy, targeting a certain position early, waiting on a certain position? What's been sort of your key to success in this 20-round best ball slim format? I don't know. I'll tell you at the end of the season because I, <laughs> I, haven't, had, I haven't had much success in this, uh, in, in this whole aspect here. I think I've been... You know, I, I think I've just kind of been like middle of the pack. There hasn't been anything, you know, crazy. Maybe I just, maybe I'm not just, I'm, you know, I mean, that's the funny thing is like when you sit there and you're drafting here in the best ball, you know, you got to keep that mindset going of, you know, it's it's more high ceiling than it is high floor. You know, in a regular seasonal, I'm setting my lineups, this and that. I want to make sure I've got my share 
of good high floor guys in there. You know, in this, maybe I just need to take a couple of more chances and, and see, you know, if, if, if somebody's going to pop a little more uh, than usual. So now I got it like, like this is a terrible spot to be drafting at right now. It's like, I think it's a great know. spot. <clears throat> really? At the, at the 109 or it's a beg your pardon, the 309, Howard, you're no, on the I clock just, right now. I just mean like this part of the draft. I mean, I don't mind drafting at the back. I like it. It's just that, you know, I'm looking at like Waller and AJ Brown and I could go running back again. I could go with the, you know, with, with the tight end. I just don't really, I don't have my heart on, uh, on, on certain guys. Like, you know, seeing Mike Williams go this, you know, as early as he did, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That, that kind of stung. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go AJ Brown here, uh, you know, elite wide receiver one. We'll see if Jalen Hurts can, you know, improve his passing and his accuracy. Um, but I think that, you know, they're really, they're going to funnel the targets his way. Yeah, we're we're looking at the draft right now for you, Howard. And, and obviously um, the uh, selection by the FFPC Joes in the four spot tonight, Mike Williams going to Peter Kulabaris and Brian Gerber. That is um, quite early um, for what he normally goes in our FFPC best ball tournament. You're looking at Mike Williams tonight going at the 304. He has an ADP right now of the 403, so about a round earlier. Had Williams been on the board there, uh, which he normally is for you, would you have taken him over A.J. Brown? Yes. I Listen, I am – and I'll say this, man. Like, this is kind of funny because I don't have a single player. It's the, th- it's the third round, right? I've made three picks, and I don't have a single AFC West player. It's very <laughs> unlike me. It's very unlike me. I, you know, listen, I love the AFC West. I'm saying, you know, you look at these teams and what they've done, and you know that the over-under on these games when they play each other each time this season is going to be over 50, right? So there's going to be a ton of points there. So I've been going heavily on the uh, on the AFC West uh, in a lot of my drafts and working on, like, you know, that Chargers stack, right? And you get yourself, um, you know, like uh, you, you do Eckler, uh you know, Eckler with Justin Herbert and Mike Williams is definitely, it's probably a little easier to do that than to try and get Keenan Allen in there. He goes a little earlier. Um, but so that's kind of where I've been living right now. So now I'm sitting here and I've got Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, AJ Brown. I can go in a, a multitude of different directions. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going here right now. And and we have, as the third round has come to completion here, we do have Four tight ends now off the board. Darren Waller going to Darren Armani here at the 311. Josh Allen, the first quarterback off the board at the 312. So when it comes back to you, Howard, we're three picks away from it. You have your 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 foundation volume heavy running backs here. You get A.J. Brown as the 14th receiver off the board. And I think at, at this position, it kind of gives you a lot of flexibility given what you have given what you're looking at. And I think that's probably a key as, as you're not only a veteran of pros versus shows, but the FFPC main event as well. Flexibility is key with this, with this lineup. Yeah. You have to, you have to be able to kind of pivot around certain things, you know, and you have to understand that, you know, you're drafting against, you know, you're, it's, it's kind of funny. I always say this about a snake draft, right? You're not drafting your team. The rest of the room is drafting your team for you and just showing you what's available to you. So, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here right now. It's, it's funny. I'm, I, I might do something a little, a little outlandish that I don't normally do. I don't know if I want to do it though. Oh my god! Don't take a quarterback. Don't do it, right? Don't, don't take do a quarterback. Don't, don't. Bender. Don't take a quarterback. 
don't do it right but then you know you, you look at what's available right now and it's um it's another interesting <laughs> spot i'm probably gonna sit here again i'll probably take a third running back mm-hmm. right i'm looking mm-hmm. at, at either Brees hall zeke elliott might actually be a kind of a steal here in the fourth round but then i kind of have to make sure that i lock in tony pollard a little later on right it's yeah kind of a concern I do like yeah, Cam it, Akers. I, I it, might have to, I might have to go with the the Homer pick, guys. I might have to do it. I'm doing it. <laughs> you made the right selection. baby. I'm going the right selection. That's what it's all about. Get so now and and a, another volume guy here, Howard. Right, a guy that is a rookie, but that you know the Jets are going to be counting on quite a bit. Now you have three guys who are going to get a lot of touches here in the first four rounds. Yeah, you know, and like, you know, two flex spots there also. So you can you can regularly start, you know, a multitude of running backs. There's still, you know, you look at the receivers who are who are available right now and like in this area. And, you know, DJ Moore, I, you know, I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy. Allen Robinson, I love him, but you know, he's got to get that work with Stafford in. And I think they're they're actually, I'm hearing that they're a little concerned about Stafford with his shoulder. They're taking it real, real slow with him. Uh, right now and that actually you know when you want to develop chemistry with your quarterback you do it in practice crying out loud so you know Robinson and Stafford I think it'll click at some point but you know do I want to do that or do I want to take a guy you know a kid who could be the RB1 or should be the RB1 uh, in this system you're off and running to a great start here Howard we appreciate you making some time for us Uh, we will continue to not only follow you on Twitter at RotoBuzzGuy we'll follow everything you're doing at Fantasy Alarm, we'll follow everything you're doing with the New York Post. And then, of course, we will listen to you and Jim Bowden, 5 to 7 uh, Eastern Time, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on weekdays. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you on Thursday. I will talk to you on Thursday. Absolutely. Dave, I appreciate you uh, you you cheering on my picks like that. <laughs> uh, you know, usually somebody's in my ear going. <laughs> so it's a I long draft. No guarantees. <laughs> That's good. He's saving it for later, Howard. He's yeah. going to rip it later. Gonna Everybody's it later. got an amazing team four rounds in. So <laughs> far, so good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Talk Thanks, to you soon. Guys. Have a good one. You got Pleasure. it. Pleasure. Howard Bender, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from uh, Fantasy, uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, the Fantasy Alarm Show, and, of course, uh, New York Post head of content at the Fantasy Alarm. The head of uh, the KFFSC is Farrell Elliott, and he is joining us right now. Welcome in, Kamish. It has been a thrilling uh, start to the draft so far. We have, uh, as you probably already saw, two tight ends to Chad Schroeder from the sixth spot in the first two rounds, and two tight ends in rounds three and four to Darren Armani. Two very, very, very um, um, accomplished and experienced players in this format, Farrell. And we already have two teams with two tight ends on their squad. Yeah, you like that, don't you, Bonky? And you know what? If you're going to show up 15 minutes late and seed 20 minutes, of time, who better to give it to than Howard Bender? You know, I mean, you know, it's, 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 I sh- uh, the, if I'm going to be late, I pick the right night to be late. But, yeah, the tight ends are flying off the board. What do you think about that? Dalton Schultz early in the fourth, that's where I've been drafting him all year. You know, it, it, what I think is always compelling here is, and, and Howard said, you know, and this is when we were talking with Chad Schroeder going with the two tight ends early. He said, you know, I'm not really changing my strategy too much. And you, know, you really shouldn't have to flip it on its ear. But I do think for these owners that go in wanting to have an elite tight end early, and then you see two tight ends go, 
in the first 18 picks. Uh, three tight ends go off the board in the first 19 picks. Mm-hmm. Then I think you do have to change your strategy if you're married to that. And if you're not, then you have to be able to pivot at Turp. And this is something you've experienced before. Um, people get sniped all the time in this. This is the best of the best. And you have to be willing to shift your strategy on the fly. Otherwise, you will die. Yeah, if you definitely – if you're just sitting on one guy and he gets taken, your whole draft could get flipped, and it could turn ugly really fast off one selection. Um, Dave you have a script on your T-shirt tonight, which I cannot read. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very There you nice. go. There you go. Harry Potter reference, if you didn't know that. Yeah, No, Please I did not. Read. I am not a Harry Potter guy, uh, so nerd. I would not. Where'd um, you get that shirt, Turp? Are you I, I, I got it in um, Universal when I went to Florida. I think it was like five months ago, four months ago. So you are a guy. What is your favorite of the books of the Harry Potter? I don't read. I you just don't? I watch the movies about a hundred times. What's your favorite film? Uh, probably Deathly Hollows. Probably yeah, the, the, the first one, not the mm-hmm. not the ending one. Mm-hmm. Turp, I, I, I heard on Twitter that you were actually a teaching assistant at Hogwarts, and that was like your <laughs> parting gift there to get that. I didn't never know. know. That, that's never right know. Um, we are, uh, uh, as Dave uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak pointed out, we have a lot of receivers off the board here, guys. Ooh. We are halfway, not even halfway through the fifth round, already 26 receivers off the board. Turp, you've been part of these drafts before. Um, what happens when you see all this yellow on the board? Do you do you start making a point to grab one, or do you just load up on running backs and tight ends? I pretty much I stay with the trend. I mean, I, people, I don't want to reach for no reason. I mean, taking a guy like a running back right here, which is kind of like in the ugly zone, is not something I'd recommend. I mean, there's still plenty of receivers out there, even with the run, to me be happy with whoever comes in the fifth round here, the sixth round. I definitely don't want to get crazy and try to switch for no reason because then you're starting reaching for guys that probably shouldn't be there as it is. I'd rather take the receiver with upside or the tight end, maybe a Hawkinson or a Dallas Goddard if I was going to reach, but definitely not David Montgomery. Sorry, Chad. He says his first draft, though. I saw on Twitter today, which is shocking to me because for a guy that does so much volume, first draft on August 2nd. Mm -hmm. He's a yearly uh, late bloomer. But always always does, does it. I don't know how he's – that's discipline, man. I, I give him all the credit in the world for that. Well, you know, I, he I, comes into it, and then he gets really in the way that he drafts. Uh, you know, it's multiple drafts uh, in the evening, sometimes two at a time. He has uh, a great system. I don't know how yeah. he does it, especially starting so late. Let's, um, let's recap the fourth round uh, for everybody um, as we are – almost through the fifth round here, about halfway through the fifth round, guys. George Kittle was the uh, fifth tight end off the board tonight to uh, Grant Dempsey, the FFPC Joe in the 12 spot. Dalton Schultz, as we pointed out, Darren Armani loading up at tight end there. Crank in the purple, Darren Waller in the third. Dalton Schultz in the fourth. DJ Moore, second straight receiver drafted by Kevin and Jamison Proctor. Brees Hall to uh, Howard Bender. He made that pick live on the air, which we appreciate. Allen Robinson, the second receiver drafted by the former FFPC main event champs to know and Bo Lou. Ezekiel Elliott off the board to Michael Nazarick as his second running back. Jalen Waddle to Chad Schroeder as his number one receiver. Marquise Brown will be the number one receiver for Schopen Krautwurst. Uh, Brandon Cooks here, the third receiver drafted by the uh, FFPC Joe pair of Peter Kulabaris and Brian Gerber. Then you're looking at, um, I beg your pardon, yeah, Brandon Cooks there. Terry McLaurin to uh, Rich Rebar. He now has three receivers in his first four picks. Cam Akers loading up in the backfield 
um, is uh, Jay Scafariello and Dan Steigers. Steigers, I beg your pardon on that. Uh, Cam Akers joining Jonathan Taylor there, and then Jerry Judy rounding out the fourth round here for John Daigle from 4for4.com. Farrell, what do we make of the Broncos situation now that we know that um, the um, MRI or the tests that were done on Tim Patrick's knee have confirmed a torn ACL? Are we bumping up Sutton and Judy? Does KJ Hamler perhaps make an appearance now as well? Yeah, I think Hamler is the guy that gets the biggest move. Sutton uh, Sutton and Judy probably won't move any further, um, although I could make a case for moving Sutton up in that third round, but I don't know where I would get the pushback in the receiver. So, yeah, it, it, it's a Hamler situation. It also makes you want to look at that tight end, both tight ends in the 21 personnel sets that Hackett is famous for running and as a patch catcher, pass catcher, I tend to uh, seed with the rookie. Uh, you're seeing the comment from the Dizzle right now that uh, Chad he thinks Chad Schroeder is already uh, sipping on his Victory Manhattan and he has his Red Auerbach cigar lit. Turf, I know uh, uh, Aiden said that he was off to a great start here in, in the uh, YouTube chat room right now. Do you also think that Chad Schroeder is well on his way to a really strong team here? You haven't seen any Kelsey and Mark Andrews team so far. It's definitely something that Andrews we saw on the first round of one of these already multiple times. So to him, the fall with Kelsey, I mean, with the format the way it is, two top top two tight ends in most people's eyes, you really can't hate on the start at all. Yeah, getting I mean, Chubb and then getting Waddle. And, and Farrell, too. I mean, like, there is no way. I mean, I can't imagine that that Chad envisioned that Mark Andrews, who has an ADP in this competition at the 112, I can't imagine that he thought Andrews was seriously going to be part of his plans here at the 207. But lo and behold, he falls in extra eight spots and Chad gets him there. And that's what I'm talking about with the pivot. And, and Farrell, that's what you have to be able to do. Like, when the value falls, regardless of what your team is, mm -hmm. sometimes you really just got to take it adjust on the fly and live with it. And that's a situation there where, uh, you know, we're looking at 250 points from catches maybe here as substantial touchdowns. He can find uh, the receivers that he needs. And, and, you know, he's already, he's already doing pretty well with the running backs. I think he'll probably come up with some running backs as we move later into this draft of guys that, uh, Turp and, and, and you and I agree on have high upside to that he can work within this system. So I like what he's doing. Fifth round is complete, guys. Gabriel Davis to John Daigle here at the 501. Deontay Johnson to the FFPC Joe tandem of Scafariello and Steigers. I know I'm butchering that name. I, I'm probably butchering <laughs> both of them, quite frankly. So my apologies if you guys are watching. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to uh, Rich Rebar. Justin Herbert is the second quarterback drafted tonight. Once again, going in the fifth round. Quarterbacks are cheap. And uh, uh, Kulabaris and Gerber grab him there. Uh, Rashad Bateman off the board to uh, Shope and Krautwurst. So they get the former Raven Marquise Brown and the current Raven Rashad Bateman back-to-back. -back. Wonder who – oh, no, they can't oh, – I don't want to spoil it, but there will be no Raven stack for the Defense Fantasy Football Podcast here. David Montgomery, second uh, running back drafted by Chad Schroeder. DK Metcalf is joining the FF Masterminds team as his third receiver. That's Michael Nazareth, Chris Godwin to Deneau and Bolu. Then you're looking at Patrick Mahomes to – Fantasy Alarms, Howard Bender as the third quarterback off the board. Amon Ross St. Brown, number one receiver for the Detroit Lions, at least right now, goes to Kevin and Jameson Proctor. J.K. Dobbins and Antonio Gibson wind up the fifth round here. Uh, Dobbins to Armani Gibson 
to Dempsey as we look uh, at, at these teams right now. Dave the Dizzle Gerzak also saying that he likes Proctor's team from the 10 hole here. Barkley and Swift to start it off, and then a bunch of yellow. Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Elijah Moore. And, and Farrell, you're looking at some explosiveness on that squad and also a lot of volume, which that's the perfect marriage in, in what you're looking for early in the drafts in uh, in the pros versus Joe's format. Yeah, and that Detroit Lions and the, the tremendous uh, tremendous volume and catch numbers of St. Brown. And, and, you know, Terp has talked a little bit about uh, the rookie in Detroit, but neither of us have, have discussed St. Brown much in these early shows. And he's consistently falling in this fifth round. You look at what he did last year. Uh, production would suggest that he should even go higher. Uh, Terp, do you have a feel for this receiver? Because it just seems like all he does is keep stacking stats upon stats. I think he last year at the end of the year, I kept saying, wow, he's having some good weeks. But in reality, he was having a good season. Great season. Uh, he's definitely undervalued in drafts right now. I feel like he's been talked about barely at nothing. I mean, you you hear about all the other sexy picks around him. Uh -huh. But, you know, being in Detroit, he's definitely, you know, somebody that falls into the radar a little bit. And he shouldn't. Like, fifth round, sixth round, I mean, depending on way, the way this draft has fell with receivers getting crazy, I agree with Dave. I think Team 10 is probably, if not the best, one of the best teams so far. Yeah, just the um, way it's structured, everything on paper looks great. Yeah, uh, FFPC main event league champ and, and uh, Var I believe varsity champ as well, former varsity champ. Scott Hoyt checking this broadcast out again tonight, maybe doing some research from uh, guys he's going to be keep competing against in the main event. And he says he likes Team 10 as well. So obviously the Proctor's off to a great start here, six rounds in. Let's get to or through the sixth round, beg your pardon, Elijah Mitchell. To Grant Dempsey, Lamar Jackson is now off the board to Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. Now through six rounds, Armani has two tight ends, a quarterback, one running back, and two receivers. Interesting team construction uh, construction from the from the uh, Godfather of this. Very world. bizarre. It, it is weird. You don't see it. You don't see it. And and hopefully, I think we'll, he's trying to show off tonight. We we might get a chance to talk to Darren a hopefully. little bit later, and, gotta, and maybe gotta, he can explain pick his himself. brain on that. This, this he's got to get a subscription to the you know to the Mojo. He's yeah, he's going to need some direction. Um, we talked about Elijah Moore to the Proctors, Michael Thomas, then to Howard Bender, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, back-to-back -back tight end picks to Dano and Bolu, and then Nazarek, um, respectively. Darnell Mooney is the second receiver drafted by Chad Schroeder. Kyler Murray uh, forms a bit of a hookup here for Shope and Krautwurst to go with their Marquise Brown fourth-round pick. Josh Jacobs will be joining Leonard Fournette in the backfield for Kulabaris and Brian Gerber, Peter Kulabaris and Brian Gerber. Uh, Dallas Goddard is the number one tight end for Rich Rebar. A.J. Dillon and Adam Thielen complete the sixth round. Dillon goes to uh, Scafariello and Steigers, and then Adam Thielen is the final pick to four for fours, John Daigle. What do you make of Daigle's team here, uh, Terp, with, with the two high-volume running backs to start, and now he's pounding the receivers here, five of them in a row? I, I love it. I mean, I'm not and, the and, 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 and Terp, let me set you up with this. That's difficult, at least for me. That would be difficult for me to do that when I'm on the end, knowing that now I got to wait 23 picks to see what happens to the running backs and the tight ends, right? He he definitely made the decision that he was just going to just get, take all the top receivers available, wait on tight end, wait on quarterback. And it's worked out really well for him. I mean, Jerry Judy, I thought would go higher tonight, obviously with the Tim Patrick news. That's great. In my opinion, he's only going to get up more by the time, you know, we get closer because 
you know, Patrick was the sexy pick in, in Denver, especially where you're getting him. Now the route, the, the, the targets are getting closer. So it's just Sutton and Judy. You don't know about Hamler. The tight ends are a little bit of a question. Hmm. I think the Denver receivers are way undervalued. I expected them both to go higher than they're going, but the rest of his draft Thielen, new offense. that's going to throw the ball. Mari Cooper only getting six games from Deshaun Watson. It's a good spot for him. And Gabe Davis is the boomer bust, I guess, this year. I really like what Team One has done so far. Um, Kirk, I think Hamler becomes the, as you say, sexy. He's glad. He don't, I mean, he's I'm not sure where he's going to show up. He's had a lot of injury issues. That's his issue. His Talent. Career. Penn State guy, very talented kid coming out of college. He but yeah, he's been burst. very talented when he's been on the field, and the That's trainers the are bringing him along. To, the trainers are bringing him along in, in this team, very, very well. And I, I think if the, the tight end positions, there's receiver skills there. I'm all for Judy, but I wouldn't start throwing him up in front of these other receivers. And and definitely, if I want to move anybody up, it's going to be Sutton. But I, I don't see anyone in the third round that I want to move any, either of them in front of. Do you? I personally, as of right this second, would take Cortland Sutton over A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Tyreek Hill. Okay, very All good. Right. Well, Everybody you know, except Mike Evans that. and Michael Pittman, and, and my, they're close. Not not Evans, but I think you Cortland would put Sutton, Judy right. You would put Judy right behind him. You would move I would Judy, put Judy up. right up. I would take him over McLaren, Terry McLaren, mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks. Marquise Brown and Jalen Waddle. Wow. Okay. Very strongly. Well. So as long I'm as on I'm an like, island by myself on the Jerry Judy bandwagon. Yeah, do not you like are. This year, but I but, love Russell Wilson and I love that offense. But yeah, and you don't have to take Judy that high. So when you do no, take you it, don't, they, no. you, well, tonight we didn't, and you know, so I think yep. Team One here gets Judy at a, at a really nice price. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Davis moves up. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that, but yeah, he's a, he's you know, a boomer Cooper, bus guy. That's the yeah. Cooper has has dropped based on the injury news, the slight injury news that we got today or right. yesterday. Yeah, it, well, we got that, but we also know that Watson is is going to be back in what mid October, uh-huh. um, and and I'm a little surprised he hasn't moved up. I mean, is is the injury that concerning to to Mike no, Cooper right now? I don't think so. I mean, games is scary, and and maybe not this format, but. You're talking about like a football guys or a main event. Having Jacoby Brissett throw you the ball for six games, I mean, he's almost unstartable. But okay, so Ooh. let me push back on that and say this that we knew that Watson could have been suspended for the whole season. Like there right. was a non zero chance of that happening, yet his ADP in this format was 611. Now that, yeah. that we know it's only six games, wouldn't you think if high stakes drafters are taking him at the 611, wouldn't it stand a reason that? It's going to be higher now that we know it's not the full season, that it's only going to be six games. It's a, NFL risk tolerance. Deal, I guess. it's a huge risk tolerance taking a guy like that, knowing that how good he could be. Because let's just say Watson doesn't get suspended at all. Where does Amari Cooper go? You can, well, higher you can make than, a judge. Higher than, than, the, than the end of the sixth round term. I'm Got saying it. he could go like the third, fourth round. Possibly. Right. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, if you really look at target share, who, who else is there? Donovan Peoples-Jones, question mark. David Bell, Question. Njoku, question. They don't have anybody else. Kareem Hunt, so, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I mean Kareem Hunt, yeah. That's, that's the running backs, other. a running team. But, I mean, Amari Cooper, with Deshaun Watson, I mean, he could easily be in the third, fourth round. 
Let's get uh, to the uh, seventh round here, guys. Amari Cooper, we we're just talking about John Daigle takes him at the 701. Jalen Hurts off the board to uh, the 702. That is the FFPC, Joe, um, Jay Scafariello, and Dan Steigers taking him there. Uh, Tony Pollard to uh, Rich Rebar at the 703. Dawson Knox to Kulabaris and Gerber. Christian Kirk will be going to the deep end, the deep end fantasy football podcast, that is, as their number three receiver. Joe Burrow goes to uh, Chad Schroeder. Um, no other Bengals on that team. That's interesting. So he gets Joe Burrow there at the 706. Devin Singletary, third running back to Michael Ma- uh, Michael Mastermind, Michael Nazarick, followed by Kadarius Tony. He's the fourth receiver drafted by Dano and Bolu, the former FFPC main event champs. Alan Lazard, Terp's favorite Packers receiver, going off the board at 709. I know Dave just loves the value there. Traylon Burks right after that. Oh, my God. How are you not just gritting your teeth and, and just going crazy? That your boy goes right one pick after Alan Lazard, Jalen Burks to Kevin Proctor and Jameson Proctor there. Clyde Edwards Alaire, the penultimate pick of the seventh round going to Damon uh Darren Armani, and then Devontae Smith is the second receiver drafted by Grant Dempsey here at the final spot of the seventh round. Lazard over Burks, Terp. Um, at the risk of giving you um you know, some sort of aggravation and and, and uh, poor <laughs> mental health here. I don't know if you can can defend that pick here for for Howard Bender when Burks was still out there. Ninth round, Alan Lazard last night. I don't like the player, but it's fine. It's it can't really hurt you. Fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, Lazard over some of these other guys that are getting drafted after him. Forget Burks for a second. That's obvious okay. for me. Yep, Devonta Smith, Runfro. I mean. No, no chance. I mean, there's just no way that I could ever process that. I mean, he, like I keep saying, Alan Lazard has, you know, a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers, but he's still going to be going against number one corners. It's not like he's an overly talented guy that, you know, just was hiding in Green Bay. Terp, the, uh, you, you I have a question for you. I have Go a ahead. question for you. Go ahead, Farrell. Um, I know you don't like Lazard. I don't exactly know what you don't like about him. It's not really important that I know. But what I want to know, from where on the draft board would you consider taking him? Exactly where he got drafted last night. I mean, I would take some shares. Money, I can't remember what I did this afternoon. Where did he ninth, get drafted? Lou took him in the ninth round last night. Okay, that is exactly so where I would consider a player like Alan Lazard. You would consider Lazard in the ninth? Which I'll never would... see him there anymore, but that's I where see. I would consider him, yeah. Uh, six foot five, eight touchdowns last year, and a lot of responsibility this year. I guess I kind of do what I kind of want to know what you don't like about him. And Devontae Adams isn't there, number one. And people are going to say, well, the targets are going to open up. Yeah, but Devontae Adams took all the attention from the defense. True. What happens now? Who's taking the attention of the defense? You think they're going to be scared of Alan Lazard? And yeah, I know well, he has no, to they're going with to Adam. compete with Alan Lazard. I mean, you know, he's no Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard has never really been impressive as it is. I mean, yeah, he scored the touchdowns last year, but he's never really he hasn't had a great career in Green Bay. So okay. you, you're, you're going to tell him he's going to go against the Jalen Ramseys of the world, the Darius Slays of the world, guys like that every day. Mm-hmm. Not in the sixth round over Michael Thomas, over Elijah Moore, Mooney. I mean, just guys that are going in that range. No thanks. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I I thought was interesting from Matt LaFleur's press conference, um, I believe yesterday, uh, Aaron Rodgers said that um, last year and previous years under LaFleur, 
um, 80% of the passing plays that the Packers ran, 80% of them was for Devontae Adams. He was the primary option. And Matt LaFleur had the opportunity to debunk that. And LaFleur said, no, that's probably pretty accurate, which is interesting now that we get to a situation this year where there's no Adams and we really don't know how they're going to structure the plays and structure, you know, there, there's no way they're going to run. It might be the biggest question in the off season in all of fantasy sports, because you still have Aaron Rodgers there. So you have the positive, obviously you have a team that's going to throw the ball, but there's so many questions. I still think they find a way to add somebody. I keep hearing the rumors of Deontay Johnson, you know, a possible deal or, you know, I would, be, I would be really surprised if the Packers swung a trade. I would not be surprised. And I guess that, the, you know, it's one of those things right now. I can't tell if the media is really pumping up the Packers receivers um, because, the, you know, they they sort of have to because it's have Aaron. To. Or if if Romeo Dobbs really is looking awesome, as right. has been reported. Sammy Watkins has been looking really good since he came off the NFI list as well. Alan Lazard obviously made some uh, pretty good plays. Uh, mm-hmm. in practice this week. He had one bad day of practice as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you nail the Packers passing game, right, you're going to have a leg up on your competition in this format. Eighth round guys, let's get through it. A lot of quarterbacks going this round. Hunter Renfro to Grant Dempsey. Dak Prescott doubling up on quarterbacks is now fantasy mojos. Darren Armani, we say it's hard to get away with a tight end and a quarterback early. What does Armani do? Two tight ends, two quarterbacks in the first eight rounds. You got to love it, kids. Uh, Russell Wilson to the throwbacks. That's Kevin and Jameson Proctor. Chase Edmonds off the board to Howard Bender. And then Deneau and Bolu took Rashad Penny as their third running back. Tom Brady off the board to Michael Nazarick. The rookie Drake London in Atlanta goes to Chad Schroeder as his number three receiver. Kareem Hunt and the Magic Cord, respectively. A couple of running backs here. Hunt to Shope and Krautwurst. Patterson to the GG crew. That's Peter Kulabaris and Brian Gerber. DeAndre Hopkins, who's uh, going to be missing some time early in the season. He goes to Rich Rebar as his number five receiver here at the 810. Trey Lance, back-to-back quarterbacks for Scafariello and Steigers as they go Hurts in the seventh. Now uh, Lance in the eighth. And Brandon Ayuk, the sixth consecutive receiver drafted by John Daigle from four for four. Now that is, okay, yeah, okay, got it. Brandon Brandon Ayuk, sixth straight receiver. Um, pretty interesting stuff here. Um, now let me ask you this, Terp. You, you look at um, going quarterback, quarterback early, and I'll put early in quotes, in the seventh and eighth round here, Hurts and Lance, maybe not the most ideal situation, but when you consider the upside and knowing that second place gets nothing in this format and you have to win the whole thing, could that Hurts and Lance strategy here in the seventh and eighth be a, uh, something that you could get behind? With the structure of the team, yes. The way the team structured – I mean, realistically, they have Jonathan Taylor, Akers, Dillon, now Miles Sanders, and then three really good receivers. So this this structure, you can get easily get away with that. You're taking the upside play in Lance and the, I would say, a pretty safe bet in fantasy football this year in Hurts. Um, you have Lance, you know, with Debo, who just got paid, which is always a good thing. Um, so with this structure, I think it very much can work. It's, I mean, I've done double quarterback, you know, tap, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth round try to get two studs and then just stop. So it's definitely workable, but the structure of how your team's above means a lot because if you're getting too crazy, it could lead to a disaster. Farrell, we look at this uh, draft tonight and the way it, it, it shook out as far as the quarterback situation goes. No quarterbacks in the first two rounds. One quarterback through four rounds. 
three quarterbacks through five rounds. Mm-hmm. Is this a strategy when, when you're trying to just beat 11 other teams? Do you still find yourself waiting on quarterback, or would you strike while the iron's hot here if you could get Herbert in the fifth or Patrick Mahomes in, in the fifth? Is that something you'd be all over, or would you still be willing to wait and go elsewhere? I've got to look at the rosters and see if I think these guys are going to double up or go another place. I guess if I'm, I guess if I'm team five, no, where where are our quarterbacks are? Justin team Justin, one? Uh, Justin Justin Herbert went uh, to team four here. That was uh, Kula Bears and Brian. Gerber. So everybody's covered but one and eight. Right, everybody's yes. got a one and eight. Yep, you're right. So if yep. I'm sitting at eight now, wow, I I don't know. It would. Um, you know, I'm not looking at that board, so it's it's a tough question. I, but I really like the Hertz Lance combination because I think that I think that Hertz continues to do what he's supposed to do with getting points as a dual threat quarterback and the upside of Lance that everyone believes in. I can afford I can afford that as a, as a second quarterback. If I had Lance on a team, I would probably find. If I had those two guys on a team, I would probably add a third quarterback later, a traditional drop-back quarterback. And, uh, Balky uh, and Terp, I want to go back, Terp, and ask you a question on the quarterback situation in Cleveland uh, because I agree with you. Jacoby Percet does not get your pulse quickened and get you too excited. But uh, he, when he was a starter, he, he led a team to 500. He had some 300 and 400 yard games. I remember the 400 yard game against the Raiders that his team actually lost, but they start the season. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, which they get at home, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots. Schedule stinks. Don't you think he can live through that? Don't you I think, think he can live through that, that but I, I don't think they're going to give him the keys to the offense. I think that's going to be a lot of chub, a lot of hunt, you know, right? so a, a good amount of running, some play action passes, you know, getting the tight ends involved with Njoko and Harrison Bryant. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Amari Cooper is going to get his. Uh, the question is how much? Is yeah. is Amari Cooper startable with Jacoby Brissett? And it's hard. If you can, in the, in a season-long, in a main event or a football guys, draft an Amari Cooper, he's a perfect guy you can just put on your bench and then just get there, get the 5-1 and one start, the 4-2 and two start, score a lot of points, and then just ride Amari Cooper when Sean Watson comes back. Uh, let's get through the ninth round. And then we got a question for turf in the YouTube chat. Damian Harris, uh, finally breaks the streak of six straight receivers to John Daigle. Uh, Damian Harris, the third running back drafted by four for fours, John Daigle, Miles Sanders off the board is in the number four running back to Scafariello and Steigers. Matthew Stafford is going to be the starting quarterback War uh, Rich Rebar, who gets the Cooper Cup Matthew Stafford stack. Nice work there. Chris Olave to the GG crew, Peter Kubularis and Brian Gerber. Sky Moore to the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast, Mike Shope and uh, uh, Adam Krautwurst. Ramondre Stevenson now to Chad Schroeder, followed by Robert Woods to Michael Nazareth. Irv Smith, the second tight end drafted by Tim Deneau and Tim Bolu here in the eighth uh, spot. This is the 908 pick. Rondale Moore to Howard Bender. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is going to be the top tight end for Kevin and Jameson Proctor. Russell Gage and Tyler Lockett end the ninth round. Gage to Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. Tyler Lockett to Grant Dempsey. Um, I can't. I apologize. I can't remember who who asked it before, Terp. But um, somebody in the YouTube chat wants to know who your number one favorite player in fantasy is this year. Not the guy you take at the one hundred and one, but your favorite player to draft this year. Can I pick two? 
Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Number no one world. is easy. Number one is easy. Travis Etienne, okay. I talked about a million right. times. And number two is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was before the whole Tim Patrick thing was a guy I'm very highly exposed to. They they are definitely the two guys. Somebody off the wall would be James Cook. Oh, okay, all right, that's interesting. Now, as long as you say ATN, we have not talked about uh, Chopin and Krautwurst uh, squad tonight from the five spot, but they did get ETN there, and obviously goes with Eckler. They got Pitts in the second. Been pounding the receivers. Obviously, Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown stacked there. Christian Kirk, Kareem Hunt, Sky Moore late. Farrell, what do you make of that roster right there and what they're doing right next to not only Chad Schroeder, but but drafting next to a, a pair of FFPC Joes as well? They're hitting some of our favorites. Bateman is not particularly one of those, but I don't mind where they got him. Uh, I think Mr. Krautwurst has always been a big fan of Kyler Murray, so that probably pleased him to get Murray in the sixth round. I expect Kirk to blossom in Jacksonville. Kareem Hunt, Dave just talked about how he's going to be key for the Browns in the first six games. And we all love Sky Moore here, despite the early injury returns. I'd like to see him add a rookie running back in the 10th round, uh, if still available. But other than that, uh, yeah, he's he's off and running. And Krautwurst is always going to be uh, challenging at the top. He's that kind of draft. One of the top two drafts so far. Um. And Terp, I, I apparently I misread it, um, it, but it was FFPC. Aiden wants to know not your not your favorite player, your least favorite player to draft. I'm guessing it might be an Arizona Cardinal. Am I right? <laughs> I have one percent of James Conner and through 151 okay. drafts so far. Wow! So was that, was... that a miss hit? Did you did you hit that one wrong, or how did he get on there? <laughs> I think I was just bored. Thing. Him and Zeke are in the one percent range. Yeah, it's just they're always a pass for me. I just, I just can't but, do it. But Terp, just the Cardinals' offense in general, you don't like. Yeah, I don't have much Kyler Murray. We talked about that. I have a lot of Rondell Moore just because he's cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquise Brown, I'll mix in just because he has a spike weeks, especially in best ball. But the Cardinals' offense is a minority, but it's I think uh, explosions coming. I think that that team's going to be a disaster this year. And you have no interconnectivity to the Arizona Cardinals, but you you must be in a strange position with the way that you love C.D. Lamb. You're high on Prescott. You're not as high on Schultz as I am, but I think you like him. And what you have to rely on Zeke to do to make things work for those guys um, puts you in a definite, you know, a real love hate relationship. So you do have something. You do have something tied to Ezekiel Elliott. It's just largely related to pass blocking. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard's a sexy pick. He's always going to be the sexy pick, but is he really somebody that you can start in a, in a football guys or start in a main event? I don't think so. Um, but I mean, Zeke's fine. He's just, I don't think he's a league winner. I don't think he's a best ball winner. I think he's a guy that, you know, will be fine, but I'll, there's four, there's plenty of other guys in the fourth round that are way better in my opinion. 10th round about to be complete, guys. Derek Carr led things off here. Uh, He is the second quarterback drafted by Grant Dempsey. Marquez Valdez-Scantling joins Fantasy Mojo Squad, who I want to talk about in a second, has his number four receiver. Ken Walker, the rookie out of Michigan State, now in Seattle, goes to Kevin and Jameson Proctor. Mike Gesicki will be the top tight end, drafted as the 13th tight end off the board to Howard Bender. Aaron Rodgers uh, goes to Dano and Bolu here in the 10th round as their top quarterback. 
couple of running backs here. Melvin Gordon now to Michael Nazarick. James Cook off the board to Chad Schroeder at the 10.07. Chase Claypool, the uh, wide receiver 51 in this draft, and he is actually the fifth receiver for Chopin Krautwurst. Cole Komet doubling up on tight ends is Kulabaris and Brian Gerber. Rashad White off the board to Rich Rebar. Albert Okuepanon, the number one tight end for Scafariello and Steigers, and then Kirk Cousins will be starting at quarterback for John Daigle's team. Guys, I want to tell you about my little brother. Um, not little anymore. He turns 40 here pretty quick. But he was always sort of aloof as a kid. And um, I, I was always like, why? I said to my dad, like, why is he always out of it? And he said, son, your brother's mind is going at 90 miles an hour, and the rest of ours are going at 40. I said, how does that make any sense? Because he never knows what's going on. And, <laughs> and my dad told me the reason his mind is going at 90 miles an hour is because he's got all these other things going on in his head, and he still has to be able to live and figure out what's going on in the surroundings around him. I'm wondering if that's what's going on with Darren Armani, that he knows something about this format. Nobody knows the format better than Darren Armani. Look what he's doing at the 11th spot. I can't explain it, but I can't call him out on it because I think he might know something we don't. Farrell, what, what's going on with Mojo here? Two tight ends in the first four rounds, two quarterbacks in the first eight rounds, still only two running backs named Dobbins and Edwards Alaire. Mojo hasn't drafted enough in Kentucky to get into the swing of things. That's his biggest problem. He's drafted some, but always not comes enough. back to Kentucky. I love it. I know. Well, it, it's it's necessary. Always selling. Always it's selling. Necessary, and I, he just. I, I don't know, uh, but I think the double-digit rounds will prove that Darren Armani's formula is successful because he knows the double-digit picks that should have been picked in the single-digit rounds, and that's what he's going to unveil on us uh, here in the second half of the draft. Uh, Michael Nazarick, uh, the fantasy football mastermind, um, is drafting in the seven. You just saw the quote from uh, the Dizzle saying that he did a pretty good job here getting Melvin Gordon and Javante yes. Williams uh, in this and locking up that Denver backfield. Terp, is that something that you do? Um, we talk about stacks all the time. Do you ever look at targeting backfields and locking up backfields, especially when there's only two dominant guys there? Never, because it's just Melvin Gordon pick. You're pretty much hoping that Javante Williams gets hurt. No. Terp, how, how, are you, how are you both going to get the top value with two guys? You well, they're going to carry the ball 450 times between them. Yeah. One of them's going to carry it 225. and one I can see doing that in like a, a football guys or like a season long, but I'm, I'm taking somebody else's handcuffs. So, not okay, they're, they're not a handcuff, Terp. Those, both, those, both those running backs could score on the same weeks, especially when he only has four and one of them you don't like already in Ezekiel. Yeah, but you're talking about your second round pick. We're not talking about like a Singletary Cook type of situation where the capital's better. You're talking about – backing up your second round pick and saying they're both going to get carries it would you make the, the same that move play. would you make the same move with Henderson and Akers it would be more than likely than Javante Williams and Gordon I probably still wouldn't do it I'm a handcuff of another team guy I'm never never ever ever unless it's like 18th 19th round type of thing that's different because it's it's kind of free in drafts like a Hassan Haskins with Derrick Henry if I was going to do it I but, don't think you can call a 55-45 carry split a handcuff. But not with a second-round pick. We're talking about a second-round pick here. We're not talking about we're not, we're not talking about a fifth or sixth or seventh-round pick that you're taking right. Melvin Gordon with. You're talking about the second-round capital. Uh -huh. To me, the guys, and I, I see both sides of this. I think this is a philosophical thing. 
you know, I, I look at it from Farrell's uh, point of view. You, Gordon and Javante Williams could both put up really good numbers this year, and that could, you know, really lock you into solid volume every single week. However, if he if he was to go with say somebody like um, if Nazareth went with like James Cook or Rashad White, and Fournette goes down or Singletary goes down, now all of a sudden you have this wild card here. You got this cheat code in the tenth round that you can't get with Melvin Gordon. And I think that's the philosophical thing that it comes down to. Do you want to get the safety and locking up a backfield? Or do you want to, I don't want to say go for broke, but if you want to take the chance and maybe something goes your way with, you know, Fournette and, and Singletary, and all of a sudden you got a starting running back. There's one winner in this format. I feel like you got to put the most upside, especially with these running back dart throws later, to give yourself the best chance to win. Okay, I have one more question on this just because I want to know. Dalvin Cook is a first-round pick. Madison, then, is an 11th-round pick, and that is a true handcuff because Madison doesn't play enough to warrant uh, scoring in this or any other format unless Cook goes down. Don't you like a situation where both players play uh, better than the Madison-Cook selection? I don't believe in handcuffs. I'll just make that as clear as possible. I don't. I don't, I don't believe in them either, but I'm not so sure you can identify them because I don't believe that Gordon and Williams are a handcuff. Uh, Cook and Alexander Madison, as Farrell just mentioned, um, that that uh, um, uh, uh, handcuff was met by uh, Deneau and Bolu here as they get that Vikings backfield locked up. Gets, let's get through the 11th round here. David Njoku to John Daigle is his number one tight end. Tyler Boyd off the board as the number five receiver. For Scafariello and Steigers, Damian Pierce, the rookie running back in Houston, goes to Rich Rebar. Julio Jones rises up a little bit tonight as the FFPC Joe Tandem of Peter Kulubaris and Brian Gerber take Jones in the 11th tonight. Daryl Henderson off the board to show up in Krautwurst, followed by Justin Fields as the second quarterback drafted by Chad Schroeder. Noah Fant off the board to Michael Nazareth, followed by Alexander Madison. Two TNT, just mentioned that. Gerald Everett, the second consecutive tight end, drafted by Howard Bender here after he goes Gesicki in the 10th. He gets Everett in the 11th. Tyler Algier to the throwbacks. That is Kevin and Jamison Proctor, followed by James Robinson in Jacksonville. Now to Darren Armani for Fantasy Mojo. Hunter Henry backing up George Kittle for Grant Dempsey's squad here in the uh, at the at the 12 spot. Um, guys, do we have a preference between and and I don't I always screw it up if it's Algai or Algier here. Do we have a preference between him and Patterson when you consider the draft capital? You look at um Kulibaris and, and Gerber getting Cordell Patterson tonight at the 809, and then Algier going to Proctor and uh Kevin and Jameson Proctor here at the eleven ten. Terp, do you have a preference on the value there of which player you'd rather have in that Atlanta backfield? It's a slight lean toward the rookie. I mean, you saw what they did to Patterson's usage at the end of last year. It wasn't great. I mean, he was a, a a league winner through eight weeks, nine weeks, ten weeks, and then just kind of fell off the map. I really feel like they're going to give the rookie a chance. There also could be a guy that nobody's seeing right now easily find a way into that job. No, no job is secure in Atlanta right now when it comes to the running back position. That's you could easily, uh, you know, Camp Darling take that job. Um, Alvin Kamara, guys, I I can't remember if we talked about him last night or not, but but he is rising. Not only in the in the pros versus Joes, but in the best ball tournament format, football guys players championship, FFPC main event. There's been some chatter in YouTube tonight in our chat room whether he is going to be suspended, what's going to happen with the the legal process being carried out. But I can tell you this that he was going as late as the mid fourth 
uh, just five days ago in the FFPC best ball tournament. Crazy. Uh, and now he is up to the 208. Tonight he goes at the 210. Um, Farrell, are, are, is it wise to be in business with, with Alvin Kamara at that level, knowing what we know now? Knowing what we know now is what we knew the other night, and it sure was a, a lot more fun to draft him in the third round. I think I think Terps uh, defined it succinctly uh, the other night is that we're we're not going to have any decision uh, until 2023 on his uh, on his suspension, and he's going to be available. And whoever's been getting him in the third round is is getting gold if that holds. Um. J- Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. Um, I think I we've talked with Farrell about this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Friday edition before. Terp, what do you? I, I know you like Mooney quite a bit. Is Fields worth the stack with Mooney in this format? Absolutely. I mean, he's the perfect QB two on your team. There's really nothing, nothing negative you could say about him. I mean, he gives you the rushing upside. Hopefully, with the new coaching staff, we got rid of the Matt Nagy's and the you know that idiot regime that they had so i've heard some good things in camp i've heard some good things in camp so there's a lot of growing pains obviously with the first year in the offense but you're talking about mooning with a huge target share you're talking about cole Komet. one of these other guys that the jones or the pringles are gonna you know hopefully emerge but fields is going to give you a good solid qb2 numbers you know with upside i mean he's not trey lance he doesn't have the trey lance upside but He's not that crazy far off from it. If Guys, things go right, I, I don't know if it's if it's because um, the drafters tonight have seen five pros versus Joe's boards already, or witnessed five of our broadcasts here. But this one is motoring along a little bit faster here. Very we're already fast. we're we're already in the thirteenth here. Let's get to the twelfth round and tell you what happened there. If they've <laughs> witnessed five of our broadcasts, we need to get them some therapy. <laughs> Seriously, Nicole <laughs> um, Hardman to the twelve uh, one pick tonight. To Grant Dempsey, Jalen Tolbert, the fast-rising rookie in Dallas, goes off the board to Darren Armani at the 12.02. Jahan Dotson to Kevin and Jamison Proctor, followed by Deshaun Watson, is uh, the fourth pick of the 12th round. He goes to Howard Bender there to back up Patrick Mahomes. Evan Engram, the third consecutive, uh, third consecutive, third total tight end drafted by Danone Bolu, going with Hawkinson, Irv Smith, and Ingram are the former FFPC main event champs. Michael Gallup, the second Dallas receiver drafted in the 12th round. This one going, uh, this pick going to Michael Masaryk from Fantasy Football Mastermind. Garrett Wilson, another rookie receiver here, going to Chad Schroeder here in the 12th. Trevor Lawrence joining Kyler Murray in the quarterback's room for Shope and Krautwurst and the Draft Sharks Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast. Kenny Galladay going to Kubabaris and Gerber, followed by Isaiah Spiller as the third consecutive running back drafted by Rich Rebar here at the third spot. A couple of receivers end it here. Jarvis Landry to Jay Scafariello and Dan Steigers. And then K.J. Osborne, another receiver for Rich Rebar here as he's loading up P and yellow, as the kids say. And I think I said that. <laughs> the final pick of the 12th round goes to John Daigle, and it is K.J. Osborne. Um, what do we make of uh, Isaiah Spiller? Who Now, I know we, we talked about him briefly. I think with, God, was it? Was it the Irish CEO, Shane Wingard? I, I know we were talking Spiller with somebody. or Maybe it was Doug Orth. They're all blurring together right now. But I know we talked to one of the guests about Spiller. Um, what do you guys view as, as, as Spiller? And I'll throw this to you, Terp. What do you guys view Spiller as this year? Is he simply a, a backup to, to Austin Eckler, or is he going to have some standalone value? The Chargers, they definitely don't want to overwork Austin Eckler. 
Uh, I think they drafted Spiller for a reason. Um, they definitely don't like what they had. They were Roundtree and Joshua Kelly, I think it was. So they're going to give him every chance to be a, you know, serviceable, you know, 10 carry a game guy possibly. Um, I don't think he's going to get the goal line work or any of that stuff, but I think he's going to spell Austin Eckler, you know, what they, how they want to build that offense. So also all Eckler's actually, you know, obviously a smaller guy. So Spiller is definitely a good, you know, one, two combo with him. He's a rookie. So you got to worry about pass blocking and all that stuff. Um, especially with that team who likes to throw a ton, but I definitely like Spiller. He's definitely a handcuff. I've been targeting a lot. Spiller is a player unlike Kelly and unlike Jackson uh, in that second role of running back who can score the ball from anywhere on the field in his own right. I've I've warmed to this player and and I like him and I would have liked to have seen team five take him. I know that, uh, and I'm getting close to getting in handcuffed territory there, but Spiller has a different sort of upside because we haven't seen it yet. And um, I didn't particularly like this player compared to some of the other running backs when we started back in February. I like him a lot more now. And his landing spot has something to do with that. Guys, I want to uh, bring in our guest, our next guest, uh, FFPC Pros versus Joe's Royalty, really FFPC Royalty, Um, a a guy who is a league champion, a former league champion of the uh, Pros versus Joe's, a guy who's had a lot of success in the FFPC. Perhaps it's because he is the number one source for FFPC ADP. He is the creator of the Pros versus Joe's competition. You follow him at Fantasy Mojo. He supplies all the ADP for our show. We'll welcome him right now to talk about this uh, this behemoth he is drafting from the 11th spot. Darren Armani, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the broadcast, man. How you doing? Good. How you guys doing? We're, we're doing excellent. We've talked about... Better your- than you are with this draft. <laughs> We've talked Come about on your now. Team. We've talked about your Cowboys? Team. Come on, man. Look, it's fantasy. We're not at the link. This is fantasy. That's fair. I don't know why you go like Cowboys. Like, why is that? I I look at two purple picks in the first four rounds. I look at two purple picks and two red picks in the first eight rounds. Darren, you're you're throwing your own ADP on its ear tonight. What's the strategy? What are you doing? These running backs, too. I'd love to hear the thought process. Well, first of all, throwbacks is a pain in my ass. They've been sniping me, and I knew that was going to happen. These guys have won uh, multiple 1250 leagues. I I know about them. Um, I was going to take Barkley, and then I had to pivot. So I went with the obvious digs, and then that sent me down the the Cowboys path uh, with Lamb. And then I I did want to take – at least one or two early tight ends, knowing knowing how these boards flow um, in these slims, that's that eleven that eleven spot is right where those later tight end the the the, the end of the, that tier for the premium tight ends goes. So I grab Waller and Schultz, and in the slim format, looking at the data last year of the winners, if you don't grab at least one tight end in the first five rounds you have a less than average win rate for your league. Oh, you okay. have to grab one. Surprise. But you grab two. I grabbed two because, it, well, when I looked at the day, it kind of goes up. One or two, two is a sweet spot. Three is too much. So I was going to go one or two, um, but with the with this, the cowboy stack sort of evolving, that's why I went two. All right. Um, so let, let me stop you right there, Darren, because I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. You, you knew that Chad Schroeder already had two tight ends. 
the sweet spot for you looking at the data is two tight ends in the first five rounds. Did you think if you didn't grab Schultz right there, there would not be another tight end when it came back to you in the fifth round worth his salt and then you would probably pass on him in the sixth as well? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to go Hawkinson. Um, okay. So I knew that's sort of where it would dry up for me. And um, so, but then the quandary is, yeah, I got I got to deal with the running backs. But if you look at the the pros versus Joe's drafts last year, who the winners were, mm-hmm. they it wasn't running backs that won it for these guys. Um, in fact, the, the overall winner had complete garbage at running back. He drafted CMC. He drafted Trey Sermon was his number two. And I think Gus Edwards was his number three. So Jeez. running backs isn't critical to winning this. Um, so I, you can, you can go down a different path and still have success. Um, so I'm just going to have to solve it with volume and with the best ball format, you know, it's going to optimize and put in the right guy for, for a given week. So I'm going to be leaning on that a little bit. Yeah, right. I think so, both Sermon and Edwards are still available, Darren. So yeah, I mean that's why not. We could get so we get as much of that San Fran backfield as uh, mm-hmm. as, as possible. So I'm and and uh, I'm looking at the winner from last year, and his name's escaping me. I I only know that his first name's Eric because um, Eric was, Rubin. Your name, Eric Rubin. Thank you so much. That's who it was. McCaffrey, Sermon, Gus Edwards, Latavius Murray in the twelfth, Chuba Hubbard, and then Daryl Williams obviously helped him out in round sixteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, then it was like it was Justin Jefferson in the third, Cooper Cup in the fifth were huge. Obviously, Herbert in the seventh, and uh, Debo Samuel in the ninth round. I mean, that's where the bread was buttered there. Oh, and by the way, Amon Ross St. Brown in the 15th round always helps as well. But he yeah. won it last year. So, okay, so we get that. That all makes sense, Darren. But then knowing that you had Schultz and knowing you had Lamb, knowing that Dak Prescott was probably at the forefront of your mind. What about the Lamar Jackson pick at 602? Well, I don't want to tip my hand, but uh, with with Jackson, it's got a higher ceiling week to week. So I, I'm i not going to go any more quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm just going to stick with the two. So you go with the two higher uh, premium quarterbacks, and I'll be good for the rest of the draft there. Um, but he's going to have a higher ceiling week to week than Prescott's going to have. And then with Dobbins and Jackson, I've basically got, I've cornered the market on a, on a, a, a rushing offense that's going to produce tons of rushing touchdowns. So those there's, there's some synergy in taking both of those guys. Um, so that's why I went with that. Yeah. But you, I could see like people would argue you shouldn't take Jackson there, but um, having but, seen enough of these winners, it'll, it can work. And if you've made up your mind at that point, I'm going to get Prescott here, and I and I only want to take two quarterbacks. It probably behooves you to take somebody there in the sixth or the seventh, rather than um, you know to grab somebody to go with Prescott later. So that makes sense. Um, what are any of these guys that you have drafted tonight? Now, as we are 14 rounds deep, Darren, are any of these guys players that are mojo darlings over the last week or so? Guys that have either been rising or falling. And, and you're taking advantage of, of either the, the dip or the rise here. Well, Tolbert's obviously rising, and he rose even more with the James Washington injury. Um, and plus he feeds into my Dallas stack. So that that that's why I got him there. Um, and if I looked at the, the previous drafts, I think he was going more 14, 15 round. Um, Nico Collins has been rising, and – 
So we'll see what else what else I got going on here. Russell Gage, that that's like the Mojo brand. I just I'll take the Russell Gage. Um, <laughs> that that's that's he's you know he's going to be heavily involved. Um, so, but it's it, this is a tough draft. It's a tough room. Freaking Chad in the middle is just you know that that feeds right into his style of just taking the value as it comes to him. I was kind of surprised he went double tight end, but he knows too. He knows the power of the double tight end, the premium tight end. Well, so. we, and we talked about earlier, I mean, Mark Andrews, according to the data that, that we get from your site, he had no business falling to the 207. So Chad almost had to take him there. Yeah, um, I thought about taking him there, but uh, it, but I just, you know, you got 60 seconds to make a decision. Right. And yeah, I, knew no, I, if I, I knew if I passed him on there, I could still get two premium tight ends in the third and the fourth as well. Um, okay, so looking at, at, at this squad here, how do you sort of balance trying to become the overall champion um, in pros versus Joe's rooting for the Cowboys when you and Turp are both noted Eagles fans here, Darren? <laughs> well, we, we put our we put our allegiances aside. Um, one of you cowboys, does, man. One of you does. Cowboys. That's four, man. That's a lot. You would took yeah. Zeke in. Well, I didn't take Zeke. Zeke's the cardinal sin for high stakes bros. You don't take Thank Zeke, you. or you're Thank you're banished you. forever. <laughs> and but, that's uh, been and that's been the rule for for the for the HSBs for quite a while, like for yeah. like the last three years. Like this is not new, right? You kind of tip your hand that you don't belong if you take Zeke. So um, <laughs> you don't want to do that. I'm gonna move him up, right? So, um, Darren, I, you've been very gracious with your time here. I want to see if we can keep you on so you can make a, a couple of picks here coming up on the turn. Um, Clyde edwards alaire is he a difficult player to figure out this season, or is it just? Hey, like you took him tonight, seventh round, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Pretty much. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take who should be the lead back in that, that high upside offense. Um, so, but yeah, if, when you, when you wait on the running backs, then you're going to have to have some, some, uh, you know, the, the chips fall your way. Same thing with James Robinson. That's, that's the anti, um, Travis Etienne pick, which high stakes bros aren't going to like seeing James you Robinson like have any success at all. <laughs> but uh, um, is there any value here, Darren? And now that you have Lamar Jackson, is there any value of grabbing Prochet or, or du- uh, Duvernay later on, or is it just not worth your time, even with like a nineteenth or twentieth round pick? I mean, we'll we'll see what's out there. Um, I wouldn't rule him out. I think Devernay got hurt. I don't know if that was. Um, a serious injury or not, but I've got some late round receivers. Oh, there goes Dubes, my favorite. Yeah, he's rising up up draft boards uh, for sure as well. Um, we have uh, you on the clock now, Darren, um, right at the 1511. Who's the pick going to be, man? Well, let's see. Let's go. Hmm. I'm going to go Kendrick Bourne. He seems to be the best option in that Patriots offense. Um, and we'll see. I don't know who 12 is. This Satoshi guy. I don't, I'm not familiar with him. I think he's mailing it in. Looks like two auto picks in a row. Two, yeah, I mean, maybe he disappeared. He, maybe he timed out. Um, so then what else we got? We're going to go – he took Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, Terp, you like him in Jacksonville or no? Yeah, I don't mind him. I mean, okay, so he's fine here. 
Yeah, 15th round, you can't really go wrong. That's the old uh, Joe Delzanero Baker boy um, philosophy that there's no such thing as a bad pick after the 10th round. Um, I don't know about that. Although, although some players have put that to the test that we've seen, <laughs> that we've seen before. They definitely um, have. <laughs> not everybody subscribes to that uh, either. Jamal Williams here is the first pick of the 16th round. Darren, what's uh, who's it going to be here as you are loading up on receivers and running backs? A little, uh, let's take rounds. let's take McKinnon. A little bit of uh, CEH insurance, and this is a confined league, so you know that's not going to kill me. Um, that's not something I would probably do in a football guys, but here, so I've got two of the the premier backs in that kansas city backfield theoretically and you so got more- ronald jones that seems like an easy thing you don't gotta worry about it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i think we're good um we got four more picks and then we'll wrap it up you guys exhausted yet from from broadcasting yeah i mean i think it's starting to show with me i don't know what the heck i'm doing fatigue um, is setting in right yeah it's setting in and um, like talking about the same thing over and over yeah, I do. You know, and it's tough because you're always looking for because I mean every team's different. Of course, and you're every building something different, different to say. So we're we're always looking for different ways. Everybody wants to win the the uh, the pros versus Joe's league they, to get their 2023 FFPC main event right. paid for. And and there's a lot of different ways to do it. Darren Armani, we're looking at a, a one way to do it tonight. The uh thing I was gonna ask you, Darren, and now it's uh it's escaping me. Oh, um getting locking up backfields like you kind of did here with the Chiefs, with the exception of Ronald Jones. That, it to you, is more important when you're be- trying to beat 11 owners rather than 11,000, right? For, or does it vary? Yeah, in a confined league, plus it's, it's it's a high upside team, right? So I might I wouldn't be doing that with, uh, you know, say like the Patriots or something. That's it, You know the right. points are going to be there in that offense. Um, so... Would you draft Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? There, that's an expensive pairing too, though. Um, Well, Melvin Gordon's not though, right? Well, as he's tenth round, tenth round, but then Javante's got to go in a second. That's that's like, yeah, I mean, I could see doing that. Um, So so, somebody did do that. Mastermind did that. Yeah, Mastermind did it, and then then we and Farrell pointed out too. uh, Tim Deneau and Timbo Lou got the the Dalvin Cook Alexander Madison, um, which I mean. You're talking about a, a second and a tenth round pick, and then a first and an eleventh round pick. Yeah. That. And I don't think necessarily anybody sets out to grab Gordon and Madison if they if they. I mean, maybe they do, but I think that's just kind of like, oh, I'm trying to beat eleven owners. This guy's still available. It's the tenth round. It's the eleventh round. Why not? And right. I don't think it's necessarily a bad pick for this format. And these guys are smart. These are really good. I mean, these are the Joes we're talking like Schrader and TNT. I mean, as Joes, I mean, come on. I mean, these this guys know the throwbacks yeah. is ridiculous, too. There's no value really falling in this league. Nah, so you're just trying to take what you can and assemble, like, the best build that you can, given. But you only got to win this league. So that's – you don't have to think, you know, three-week sprint um, down the line. So that's that's beneficial, too. Um, so. Farrell, what are, what are we looking at as far – because obviously Darren Armani has conquered the FFPC and the pros versus Joe's. Uh, where are we at in his attack on the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event? <laughs> uh, he is in the promissory area with Kentucky. He's flirting with some uh, uh, drafts as we approach uh, the magic date of September. However, Darren is a busy, busy guy, but I think he's going to have a record year 
and subscriptions to the Mojo. And I think the way that for him to take a celebratory lap for his success is to to come and win Kentucky and restate his uh, authority uh, over fantasy football. And while it is a lesser prize, it is a fantastic trophy that will look good sitting behind him on that shelf where he appears to have some type of spice rack working or something. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But you know what? All trophies shine bright in Philadelphia. So, yes. Uh, D- Darren, listen, uh, we, we really appreciate you not only hopping aboard tonight. Uh, congratulations on a, on, a, on a very interesting draft that I think could be a strong team here as well. And I know, I, I know you've sold me on it now, hear, hearing your, uh, your analysis of it. Good luck in the main event, football guys, all your drafts this year. Um, and thank you for putting pros versus Joes together again, getting all Seriously. these pros together, taking care of all the Joes. We really appreciate everything you do, not only for pros versus Joes, but the FFPC as well. Thank you, sir. Kudos all to right, you, guys. sir, and kudos again. Thanks. Have a good one, man. All right. Darren Talk Armani, to you later. And gentlemen, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, uh, Darren Armani hopping aboard to talk a little fantasy football and Guys, I feel better about his squad now, right? That, that I got the explanation. Turf a lot of stuff he said made a lot of sense. It, it's too many cowboys for you to fully get on board, but but I feel well, like you're. Well, what he said about, made sense. I mean, right? Um, it, it sounded like um, it sounded like rationalization and an excuse by a gentleman that really knows his numbers. Uh, that's, but you know, can does anyone have any idea about? how effective Dobbins going to be and how quickly it's going to be. Big question mark. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, and and that's the thing, you know, and and Darren said like, look, you know, um, I, I, I have locked up a lot of running back touchdowns there and he very well might have, but at the same time, we do know that about the, you know, the report that Ian Rappaport had a week or two ago, whatever it was that, Within the organization, the Ravens aren't so sure he's going to be ready for week one. He thinks they're not going to rush it back. Why would they? There's no reason to, right? And they did sign Mike Davis uh, up there. They still have um, the rookie Batty is is there as well. Um, I don't know what's going on with Gus Edwards. He's another injury guy, uh, injured guy. So we'll see what happens there. But Dobbins certainly a question mark. However, he wasn't a second or third round pick. He's now uh, a late fifth round pick. Is where he got uh, where he got him tonight. Um, gentlemen, let's, um, let's do this, uh, as, as, as I want to keep the, uh, the guest train rolling here. And, uh, we do want to, uh, welcome in royalty. Uh, in fact, uh, along with his co-owner, Timbo Lou, they won the 2011 FFPC main event. You follow him on Twitter at T Deneau. It is Tim Deneau from Team TNT. Welcome into the broadcast, uh, Tim. We certainly appreciate you popping aboard tonight. I believe you are muted right now, and I have no way of controlling your mute. I don't know if you're talking to other Tim right now. But welcome we, to the broadcast, man. We were. We are just about ready to make a pick here, so I wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, broadcast our two options right there. <laughs> and, and, and I'm looking at this team, and me being here in, in northeast Wisconsin – I, I'm loving it. Aaron Jones in the second. You get uh, Romeo Dobbs here in the 15th. Aaron Rodgers in the 10th. And now Sammy Watkins. You're loading up on Packers here, man. Yeah, that was not the plan. That was definitely <laughs> not the plan. <laughs> I wish I could tell you it was. No, I mean, you know, you just got to roll with the punches, right? And just try to find value. And it just it just worked out that way. But, you know, we... Like the late late uh, options here with Dobbs and and uh, you know Sammy Watkins, he always has those you know week one 
great games and then disappears. So we'll just take him for one week. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't you don't need him for anything else when you have all those other Packers on your team. And which uh, you know Dobbs could be a beneficiary of that. You never know. Um, talk a little bit about Chris Godwin and your expectations for the start of the season for him, Tim. When you and Tim are taking him mm-hmm. here in the mid fifth, mid to late fifth, do you expect him to be out there right away, week one, week two? Yeah, we actually looking at our team. We just as we we're getting on here, uh, it was pretty much a that that's a pretty much hit or miss make make or break for our team. I think uh, I, I am anticipating him playing earlier than than most people, but again, that's a chance you take. But uh, I think we have enough depth to get us through, um, and I do think once he gets going, obviously Brady loves that slot guy, and and Godwin's one of the best there that he's ever had. You know, other than. The man Edelman, obviously a Patriots fan here, uh, but great jersey in the background. That's, that's right, you know, and, and that was a tough one not taking Brady at that pick. I'll tell you, we 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 definitely were looking at him. But long story short, I think uh, I think that's uh, it's definitely going to be a big big uh, factor on this team. But I do think Godwin will will jump out early, and it will be the the, the Godwin that we expect. Tim, uh, I got a question for you uh, about T.J. Hawkinson. I took him in a draft the other day. And then I think I did a little bit of what you did. I, I, what was your, were you excited to get this player or did you have a little buyer's remorse? You immediately started adding tight ends. And I, I'm curious about your thought process on Hawkinson. Well, we got sniped on Schultz, not going to lie. That was who we wanted. We got, sh- we got sniped with Barkley. I would have taken him in the first as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, going off ADP, was hoping he'd come there in the second. Um, but long story short, the, uh, the guys here that, uh, you know, once Hawkinson made it there, we thought that was good value. Uh, so we, 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 we took a, we rolled the dice with him, but it's not, not something we definitely, um, you know, sat out to, to try and, um, you know, lock in on the Irv Smith and, and Evan Ingram. Those are two of our guys that no matter what, I think we were planning on going in with, uh, you know, three tight ends, um, and those are guys that we really like the upside for. I'm, I'm big on Evan Ingram. Uh, I love the system. It, it usually produces a good uh, good tight end. Evan Ingram has the ability. I know he has the drops, but I think he makes for a hell of a home run play here. Um, Tim, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Rashad Penny here. You had the opportunity to go with either of those Seattle running backs. Why did you end up going with uh, Rashad Penny over Ken Walker? And I know Penny does go earlier on, on ADP. But can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the Seattle backfield? Just feel like the Seattle backfield, you always think they always, it seems like they always draft somebody and that's going to be the next darling. And it's always the guy you don't think. So Penny's the, the guy that was already there, knows the system. I think he'll get the first crack at it. And, you know, I think he, he's going to, I actually like him a lot this year. He's one of my sleepers. Tim is kind of 50, 50 on him. We were, we were going back and forth. That was more of my pick there. Um, but I, I think he's going to have some some really good upside here. Um, so Walker's obviously, I think, more sexy because he's the unknown. Um, but I'll take the known in this one. Kadarius Tony, I, I was going to ask you about him first, actually, since you actually took him before Rashad Penny. Kadarius Tony has an ADP in this format of the end of the ninth round. You guys got him in the mid-seventh. Is he one of your players this year? A well, guy got- that you think could be a pick-to-win type player? Well, absolutely, but – we just got hit with the Giants guys taking our players, so we, we figured we would uh, oh. we would need to need to go get need to go get him. Um, get I, I love back. I love it. <laughs> I love the 
I love the, you know, Dable there. I think obviously he's a great offensive mind, right? And uh, Tony in that short window that he had, you know, two games where he just looked so electric, what he could do with the ball uh, once it was in his hands, you know, after the catch um, and, and with his creativity on offense, I, I think if he can stay healthy, I think he could be somebody that next year we're looking at as a third round pick. And I, as we always say, you don't, pick off of this year you, you you think about where they could be going next year and I, I want the guy who's going to go in the third round next year so if I have to go two rounds early to, to make sure I get him we're going to do it um Tim a uh, question from the YouTube chat right now Shane Hallam who drafted in this format I believe this past uh not this past Sunday but the Sunday before uh he wants to ask you about Irv Smith uh, in the ninth round any concerns about the thumb surgery the reports that we got said that he should be ready for week one he's obviously coming back from that torn meniscus uh, in September. But it, it doesn't sound like you or Tim are, are concerned that, that he's going to miss a chunk of the season. He's going to be ready, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows? But, again, we have – we're planning on going with three. We just like the really the, – we really like the upside of Irv Smith. I think he's um, – you know, last year I was I was fairly high on him. Then he got hurt. Um, that offense is, is very intriguing. It, it, it's a tight end focus offense as well. Um, so I, I, I think that's uh, that's an area of concern, obviously, whether he'll play all of those games. But I think when he does play, he'll be productive for us and, and, and a, a, an upside play as well. I think he has a chance to be that next breakout guy. So we wanted a piece of him. Uh, last question here, Tim, before we let you get back to the draft. Did you and Tim discuss roster construction prior to this? Like, OK, we this, these are the players we like early and as a result. This is how many quarterbacks we want. We should probably take this many tight ends. When when it's all said and done, I'd like to have this many receivers on your team. Did you have any of those conversations prior to the draft? Tim and I talk every single day, fantasy football. Um, so yeah, we did. Not necessarily about the number of players. We're not. We really we really let the draft dictate that and and our roster construction. Um, I certainly didn't think we'd only have four running backs total, which really we only have three if you consider the fact that we handcuffed Madison. I know that's not a popular move here, but I think that Dalvin Cook is so injury prone. And at this point, we didn't see a lot of value. We wanted to lock up an, an RB1. And when Madison gets in there, he will solidify an RB1. So that was the, the plan there with, with this. And we're just hoping that our receivers will have the boom to, to win the whole thing. So that's – that uh, was our strategy. We did not come in. We did know that if we didn't get one of the top quarterbacks, we were going to try and go for three. We got sniped on a few of them. Um, Deshaun Watson was right before us. That was the guy that we were we were taking. And, um, you know, it it just worked out the way it did. Um, and uh, hopefully this season will work out for you winning a million bucks as you try to go become FFPC main event champs again. Good luck to both you and Tim. Thanks for joining the broadcast tonight. And, by the way, you can follow Tim on Twitter at T That's T D A N E A U. Tim, you're the man. Thanks for hopping aboard. Good luck this season, dude. Thanks, Good guys. Luck, Good to see you, Turp. See you, buddy. Tim Deneau, ladies and gentlemen, popping aboard the show tonight. And the uh, he's going to go back to the uh, green room and enjoy some uh, tasty beverages and uh, hors d'oeuvres that we leave out for all the players virtually, of course, as we are heading into this home stretch here of Pros versus Joe's 2022. 18th round is done, and if you like tight ends, uh, you're going to love the 18th round. A lot of them went off the board here. Devin DuVernay uh, is uh, is the one select is the uh, pick selected by Grant Dempsey to kick things off at the 1801. Odell Beckham off the board now at the 1802 tonight. Uh, he ends up going to Team 11, who is Darren Armani. Jared Goff, the third quarterback drafted 
by Kevin and Jamison Proctor there. CJ Uzuma to Howard Bender. Tim Deneau and Tim Bolu take the Zamir White selection, the Raiders running back there, followed by Deontay Foreman to Michael Nazarek. All the tight ends here, big tight end run. You're looking at Cameron Brait to um, Chad Schroeder. Then you're looking at uh, Trey McBride after that to Shope and Krautwurst. Peter Kulabaris and Brian Gerbert take, oh my God, really? Um, Chigazim Oquanico. I, I apologize no for you in, in your family. I, I'm just I don't so even know terrible. what team he's on. Um, I don't either. There's a guy I haven't heard. Well, Chad Schroeder, I don't feel bad because he said earlier in the broadcast, when it gets to the last few rounds, I don't know any of these players. So, And I don't know if he's just saying that, but that's I, I don't feel bad about not knowing that guy. Adam Troutman uh, off the board after that to Rich Rebar. Randall Cobb to Scafariello Scafar and Steigers. And then uh, Greg Dulcich is off the board to John Dagle. A lot of tight ends. Farrell, do you find when you're drafting, whether it's football guys or or best ball or uh, best ball tournament main event, do you find that you can find some some pretty good winning tight ends that will not necessarily carry you to the championship, but guys that can give you pockets of value throughout the season, even though we're at tight end 35 here now? I have in the past, and uh, the in this round, the two rookies are well, there might be more than two rookies, but. Um, McBride and uh, Dulich, that's that's where I want to be in this round with the tight ends. And it, it surprises me a little bit that those guys are still available here. And I think that's going to change once the preseason starts, once we see these guys on the field in the NFL. Farrell, you already have your DVR wound up for uh, for Hard Knocks, I think, next week, next Tuesday. This is the Who's on it this year? It is the Detroit Lions. It's fantastic head coach quotes. I was going to say, you can't ask for a better team. It's going to be great. A lot of sound on that team. All the the kneecap biting, all the espresso being served within espresso. It's going to be fantastic. Dan Campbell might get a spinoff after this. He might. I'm one of these techs guys. I'm just uh, one of these high-tech guys. I'm laying into HBO Max and NFL Plus to cover all the preseason games for me. And the, the hard knocks. So I'm in good shape. That's smart. Smart play. Smart play by Farrell. Uh, 19th round, Isaiah Pacheco from Kansas City goes to John Dago. Sony Michelle off the board to uh, Scafariello and Steigers. Marcus Mariota backing up Matthew Stafford for Rich Rebar. Chris Evans and Samaje Pirine going back-to-back here. <laughs> Evans going to Kulabaris and Gerber. Shope and Krautwurst end up taking Pirine. James Prochet, the uh, receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, to Cocktails and Dreams, a.k.a. Chad Schroeder. T.Y. Hilton to Michael Nazareth, followed by David Bell to Danone Bolu. Uh, Snoop Connor, the running back for Jacksonville, with a Howard Bender, Byron Pringle off the board, now to the throwbacks. That's Kevin and Jamison Proctor, Tyler Batty, Baltimore running back to FantasyMojo.com's Darren Armani and Rex Burkhead. Uh, still chugging along. God bless you, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> as he gets to be the 19th, or the pick, uh, last pick of the 19th round here tonight to Grant Dempsey. Boy, Armani Turp is still is is loading up on those Ravens running backs. Hits another one here. Now he's at, well, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a quarterback, I guess. But Dobbins and Batty late here. I mean, he's getting a good value with these guys. I mean, uh, Batty's he could be the starter week one. It's not the craziest thing in the world. I mean, it's probably going to be Mike Davis if Edwards and, and Dobbins aren't ready. But he's definitely going to get worked in. It's not like Mike Davis is some workhorse. So, I mean, he, he could get a couple of weeks and – Maybe he, Tyler Batty turns into a player, you know, the first couple of weeks if Dobbins is out. And then, I mean, he could have that whole backfield locked up. Uh, yeah, and, and Shane Hallam pointing out in the chat right now, he still needs Mike Davis. Well, 
He's done with his picks tonight as Quez Watkins. You don't ever draft Mike Davis. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to get him. I mean, it's tough to get on board with a player like that who yes, could get some volume, but at the same time, it's not great volume, right? You Um, saw, you saw fourth round Mike Davis, what he did last year. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like pizza, right? Like there's no such thing as bad pizza, but not as good pizza really doesn't do much for you. That's Mike Davis. Not, not he's, he's bad pizza. It's a new nickname on the high. T.Y. Helton's not that far behind. Yeah, um, going to Michael Nazrick there. Farrell, what do you make of T.Y. Hilton? I mean, you're not that far away from Indianapolis. What are they going to be doing with him? Are they going to re-sign him? Is he going to go somewhere else? What are you hearing? Uh, hopefully he signs in the AFC. I would have thought it would have happened in June. He needs to play Houston twice because he is the true owner of the Houston Texans, and that's why I would draft him. But, no, this there were better picks here. I, I wanted to talk with uh, – you guys and and our our owner uh, team ten who who is team ten? Uh, that is uh, Kevin and Jamison Proctor, FFPC Joe. You, you know, as you lock down that number two position with the Chicago Bears, and and uh, such a Chicago Bear fan as Terp is, here in the nineteenth and twentieth round, Pringle and Jones. I was uh, beating the drum for Jones last night, but Pringle is an accomplished receiver and. One of those guys will be the number two receiver for this team, and I think that's a good move uh, at 19 and 20 if you believe in Justin Fields, which I don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I believe in our next guest, and I'll bring him in right now. He's drafting uh, tonight from the two spot. One half of the FFPC, Joe Tannum, along with Dan Steigers. Dan Steigers, you can correct me on, on the name here. And I'm about to butcher his name, too, as well. But I want to welcome in Jay Scafariello, picking from the two spot. And I believe we have Dan as well. What's up, gentlemen? It was. What's, What's up, going? What's up, guys? So, so can you give us the correct pronunciation of your names? I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of different ones tonight. I don't think I've hit on it once. Yeah, no, you, you, you're, you're over for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't win them all. It's the, it is what it is. Bonky, um, you must have the guest phonetically spell their names. That's, we, that's we what I. Them. That's what I would mean. All right, so let's keep last names out of it. Jay, uh, you're picking from the second spot tonight. Had to be pretty happy to see Jonathan Taylor there, right? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it's a toss up between uh, JT and CMC there. You know, especially in a best ball. I, I, we're we're zero RB guys, but when we're talking about best ball, we like to hammer a couple RBs early if we can. Because um, we don't have the waiver wire at our disposal, uh, so yeah, JT there is it, for us is a smash. I know in a lot of these Pro V Joes, I've seen Cup and Jefferson going too, but for us, Taylor was a smash there. Now, one of the things that we did talk about with your team is 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 going with Hertz and Lance back to back. I don't know if you guys can, and, and and I'll and I'll throw this to you, Dan. I take us behind the scenes here, not only with the Hertz pick, but then going with Lance um, in the eighth as well. That made sense for us in terms of looking at a stack somewhere there. But for us, running quarterbacks are where the money's made. We're looking for guys that are on good offenses, that are going to get a lot of ball control, but at the end of the day can run touchdowns in. So if you've got two high-end quarterbacks that are going to blow up and we double stack them at the end of the day, it works for us because essentially we're taking Debo with Lance and Hertz is just the guy who's going to put a bunch of numbers up We try to find a way in order to get a a stack with him at the end. 
but it, it wasn't really working, but it doesn't really matter from our perspective. Well, we kind of backdoored it with Sanders, too. With, and uh, with Sanders, Sanders kind of fell right. a little bit there, and we figured, you know, I know Sanders didn't score a lot of rushing touchdowns last year, but hopefully. But he's your, and he's your fourth running back in the ninth round this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, for us, it was, you know, like I said, we're, we're not necessarily heavy RB guys. If you look at what we've done so far in uh, football guys and what we will potentially do in the main event <laughs> with our main events coming up. Um, but Miles Sanders there in the ninth and then stacking with Hurts. If, if Miles Sanders gets some uh, positive regression on the touchdown end, you know, you might cap, you might get 20 rushing touchdowns between the two of those guys. So, uh, and then also just to be done with two quarterbacks um, in the build and not have to worry about a third, you know, it allows you to kind of hammer a couple extra wide receivers or running backs that, uh, um, without having to worry about a third quarterback. Because obviously we went late tight end here, which we're not huge fans of, but kind of the way that things went. Um, not to have a, to have a third uh, quarterback there was, uh, we felt was an optimal build there. Dan, when, when you were talking with Jay beforehand, this, this draft, how did you guys sort of decide how you were going to modify your drafting strategy in a 20-team best ball slim as opposed to the main events and the football guys teams you're used to? I mean, at the end of the day, there's no waiver wire, right? So make, that kind of makes all the difference at the end of the day. You can't kind of grind the waivers in order to find the guys that you think might be able to play well in the next couple of weeks. So at this stage, you're looking for guys that can essentially have a breakout week almost anywhere out in the season where they can essentially play well. And, of course, the, the freaking buy kind of burns for us a bit in a couple of weeks. Uh, but at the end of the day, without making a decision during the week and you can't grind those waivers – You've got to look for people with upside and put them on the team. Jay, um, do you guys have a pick um, after round 10, you know, the, the second half of the draft? Do you have a pick that you guys are really, you know, fist bumping and really happy that you got on your team, a favorite pick in, in the last half of the of this draft? Um, I think 11 through 13, were we able to kind of get, you know, Boyd, Landry, and Rojo there? We, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not really – I have not historically been a huge Rojo guy, but this year I have been getting a lot of Rojo. Um, I just think the rushing touchdown equity in that offense with an undersized CEH who really kind of profiles more as a passing down back who's not great in pass protection. Um, you know, he, he could see seven to ten touchdowns in that offense. I, I think he's a great guy to go after, especially in this type of format in best ball where you don't have to worry about when he scores a touchdown. And then Boyd and Landry, where, you know, they're they're guys who are not necessarily you feel great about them, and um, you don't feel great about plugging them in your lineup necessarily in, in managed leagues. But they're at the end of the year, they're going to end up with, you know, seventy to eighty catches, you know, nine hundred yards, five or six touchdowns. You don't have to worry about when those come. You're just gonna they're going to be in your lineup when those when those weeks hit. So I kind of like that eleven to thirteen range. Um, and we're huge Albert O stands. So, and then when Tim Patrick went down, I huge, think um, I think Judy kind of was the first guy to pop up because there's a lot of concerns about, uh, you know, how many snaps is Judy going to play with Patrick and um, Sutton? When he goes out, I kind of think low-key Albert O gets a bump. And we've already been drafting Albert O heavily, obviously with the tight end premium. He has freak metrics across the board. He's getting a great uh, quarterback. I know Russ hasn't historically targeted the tight end, but he throws a lot of touchdowns. Albert O's kind of a physical freak. He's a big target in the red zone. 
So we're kind of banking on that Albert O pick as our tight end one. You know, we don't like to necessarily wait for the 10th round to get tight end, but I think 10 through 13 is kind of a spot where we kind of felt like we kind of crushed right there. Did you, so when you see the, the Chad Schroeder starting off tight end, tight end, you see Darren Armani going with two tight ends himself in the third and fourth round. Did that affect the strategy of all like, um, you know, cause if I were you and I, I and if I liked Oka weapon, I'd kind of be like, okay, now everybody's going to want to grab tight ends. Let's grab the value that they're leaving out there. We'll grab Oka weapon in, in the ninth or 10th. And then we'll, we'll still get our guy and we're going to scoop up value. Did you guys have any of those conversations? At oh, all? Yeah. I mean, I, I basically called the fact that Andrews was going to go there. I, I, I was telling Dan and what did I say? Get double stack. I, yeah, I said he's going to go bully tight end here because Andrews fell. I mean, that's a ridiculous value there. And then we had Pitts in the queue there, and we weren't expecting him to fall either. So um, once those three guys go off the board, um, we kind of knew we were going to probably target Albert O, you know, just because a lot of these other guys tend to get pumped up. But it's tight end premium, and, I mean, you, you need tight ends. But at, at that point, it was like, you know, we didn't want to overpay. For, Andrews is a value. Pitts mm-hmm. really like. He was he was not necessarily a value, but he, he went in the appropriate range. Um, but once you see Waller, Schultz, and Kittle go in that bunch there, we were kind of – we were drafting towards the front end. So it was more like, all right, we're going to read and react and just kind of play the board. And when we knew we, – we probably knew we could get Alberto before the ADP bump versus the uh, – the uh, we think that Alberto's ADP is going to jump. Right. I mean, that, that might not play out, but that's the that kind of way that we're thinking it, it with a, with the Patrick um, injury. Right. Yeah, and we'll be following the football guys tournament and and obviously the best ball tournament to see how that does play out. Now that because now this is the last night of pros versus Joe's, that'll be the only ADP we have until the main events really get cranked up here um, within the next week or so. And speaking of the main event, good luck to both you guys as you try to take home a million bucks in the main event this year. Thanks so much for carving out some time during your draft tonight and, and talking a little shop with us. We'd certainly appreciate it. Rooting for you guys the rest of the way. Be good, and, and thanks for joining us. And I won't butcher the, the, the names. Thank you for appearing, Jay and Dan. No problem, man. Thanks, man. Good luck, guys. You bet. All right, guys. Uh, that was uh, Jay and Dan drafting from the uh, second spot tonight. Thankful that I, I – I, uh, and Shane, by the way, when I, I the tight end that went tonight um, in the 18th round – uh, Chigazim Aquanico, he said I nailed that that name. So I will hang well, my hat. You're really impressive hat. with these names. According to Shane Hallam, I got that one right. So I'm 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 I it's a win. It was a win tonight. It was a win. I've never even tried to say Alberto's name. <laughs> I I listened well when I was doing my um when I was doing my local fantasy show, we somebody was somebody would ask about him um like seemingly every week last year. So I was watching all these videos and I was practicing because I knew I would have to say it at least once a week. And now I'm kind of I'm still not great at it, but it's I, I'm not butchering the whole thing. Uh, you He's guys, the kind of tight end bulky that you would expect uh, at the Tennessee Titans, and uh, yeah, yeah, University of Maryland ran a four or five, six foot two and a half. He's exactly what, what they call. Well, uh, well, now we know, and knowing's half the battle. Uh, you guys were fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I, I would not have been able to make it through six of these drafts uh, w- without you. Uh, certainly appreciate everything you've added to the broadcast. Uh, Farrell, 
uh, at Jay Farrell Elliott, at KFFSC. Check out the KF, uh, Kid Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship website at kffsc.com. Register for those main events, and hopefully you can join Dave Terpoli and Darren Armani playing Cincinnati, Louisville, or online this year, right, Farrell? Well, Dave Terp is – is I've had so many texts from players that want to meet Dave Terp, yeah, and I tell him that probably this year they'll have to come to Las Vegas. But, you know, Kentucky will be an acquired taste for the Terp, but if we can get him here, he may never leave. <laughs> That's true. You it's, never know. Yeah. Um, so and anyway, you, Donkey, are a broadcast professional. That's all I can. Oh, tell. Well, thank you so much. You are literally way too kind. Um, so Friday night, now we have to go our separate ways. Terp, you will be on the Goat District show drafting in a what are you drafting? A best ball tournament on Friday? Correct. Yep. Okay. Nine o'clock. So nine o'clock. We, Farrell, you and I will be covering a football guys draft here. Be live on the high stakes fantasy football hour draft at nine o'clock. So while I'd love to say, hey, our live draft coverage is done. It's really not. We do have one more. And then, Terp, you and I will be back at it at 10.30 Monday night covering a best ball tournament. That draft. is correct. Awesome. I love it. Guys, you are the best. Be good. And, uh, Farrell, I will see you Friday. Terp, I will see you Monday. Good luck in all your leagues until then. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, Farrell. Thanks, Terp. Appreciate it. Uh, that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for our Pros versus Joes broadcast coverage for this year. I want to thank uh, tonight's guests, Howard Bender, Darren Armani, Tim Deneau, Jay and Dan, won't butcher the names here, for popping on. We really appreciate that. Thanks to Darren Armani for organizing the Pros versus Joes. I want to thank the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. And, of course, most of all, all of you viewing this, listening to it. Uh, thanks for keeping the chat rooms awesome uh, during this. We got a lot of great comments from you, a lot of great feedback. And, um, you know, when we have that interaction with – not only are the guests, but ourselves, and then and then you guys viewing it. That's that's the perfect, you know, three is a magic number for a reason. And when we get all three of those components together, it makes for really, really good, fun, entertaining um, content and fun to produce it as well. Main event drafts are uh, off and running uh, via the slow version at the FFPC, myffpc.com. Again, take a shot at a million bucks. All the Joes who are in the pros versus Joes, they are all playing for the main event this year as well. It's one of the prerequisites to get into the drawing for the pros versus Joes. So make sure you're not only checking out the main event, but the Football Guys Players Championship, which has mid are, uh, has drafts going on each and every day. They're popping off fast and furious now. You don't have to be waiting long for a Football Guys draft, so make sure you're popping um, pa- popping, uh, popping those off. Uh, best ball tournament, 125 bucks to get in, $200,000 grand prize. $35 to get in the Superflex Best Ball Tournament. That is a $10,000 prize. And, of course, check out the Dynasty Startups. Plenty of slow, live, sit-and-go best ball options all at myffpc.com. And don't forget about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event going on at kffsc.com. I already told you that Farrell and I will be back on the HSFF Hour Friday covering the live on HSFF Hour draft, football guys draft. That's always fun to cover it each and every year. So we'll be on an hour early. 9, 8 central on Friday, probably again for about two hours on that broadcast. Terp and I will be on um, Monday covering one of his live best ball tournaments. Uh, that's at 10.30, 9.30 central on Monday. We'll be doing that right here. And tomorrow uh, I will be doing uh, a show with Brian Harris, a guy who has won, I don't know, probably close to two dozen leagues last year alone, who's won a ton of leagues in the FFPC. He was in pros versus Joe's this year. We're going to talk with him tomorrow on the road of his high stakes lowdown. Also on that chan- on this channel uh, tomorrow 
that's at 10.9 Central as well. So a lot of great content coming your way. No excuse that you won't be prepared for all your FFPC drafts since we're bringing in all the FFPC luminaries onto this broadcast and uh, telling you what to do, what they, what's worked out for them, and uh, what not to do as well, which is sometimes is equally as important. I uh, really appreciate all the feedback, all you guys hanging out and watching. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be, I will be with you again uh, tomorrow night on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Your week officially continues now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. By the way, one other thing I, I should mention, the draft boards, the final draft boards, will be posted on all FFPC, High Stakes Fantasy Football, or on my own social media, so you'll be able to check those out on Facebook and Twitter. They'll also be posted on the FFPC message boards. And um, if there is this is the first time we've ever done pros versus Joe's via video with with um, with that technology, we've never done that before. feel like it went off great this year, but maybe if there's something you'd like to see us do differently, maybe there's something that you you know like to see us uh, do uh, as far as a format for the show goes or however we do it with our coverage. Um, we certainly like to hear it. Uh, email high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com and we'll be sure to uh, to get that uh, squared away when we do pros versus Joe's next year, as well as the live on high stakes fantasy football, hour draft coming up on Friday. I'm going to go get a sip of water. Thanks so much, everybody really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk with you tomorrow night.